Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of In Vain Valpurgis Nacht. If you like our show, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com nerdsmith. We have tons of fun bonus content and more for your enjoyment. Thank you all, and let's begin. Last time on In Vain. Play nice? We play nice for now, we see what we get with it, and we go from there. Maybe I'll write something for the occasion. Be sure to add a lot of uh, doom and gloom. It is apparently what those poetry types like. Roses are red, bayonets are sharp. Please take this back and don't put a stake through my heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Vain and Valpurgisnacht. I am Tessa, your RPG mom. And you can find me on Twitter at Selkie Dreams. I use she, her pronouns. And I only recently have started enjoying the taste of eggnog. Hey, everyone. This is Fennec, your TTRPG fluff. You can find me on Twitter at the Fennec Wolf. I use she, her pronouns. And I think Tessa's a monster because eggnog is disgusting. I am Chad. I am the storyteller of this thing. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me at Chadlicious on Twitter. And I'm actually pretty indifferent to eggnog, but I'm more likely to drink it if there's a lot of booze in it. And we have a special guest on this episode. So we will let the special guest introduce himself. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan. Pronouns are he, him. I am the executive director of Nerdsmith. You can find me on Twitter at devious underscore Muppet. And I like eggs and I like dog and I like them better when they're together. Okay, that just made the whole thing sound disgusting. Eggs and dog. What exactly? Uh, you know what? I don't want to know. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I was going to ask what dog was by itself, but you know what? I don't think I need to know. There's two theories. One is that nog means strong ale. The other could be a colonial term for rum, egg and grog. It's a shortening of that. Huh. Awesome. I just consulted the sum of all human knowledge. Google? The internet? Yes, Google. Reddit? No, that's, that's something else. We have listeners on Reddit, so welcome. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello, Redditors. Okay, and so we will get to who Logan is playing in just a minute. Uh, but before we go ahead and get started, let's see. Uh, Dallas and Yulva, you did your stuff for the remainder of last night. You went to bed for the day. You're awakening, so I need both of you to give me rouse checks to see if your hunger score increases. Yep, I am at hunger two. Hunger one still. Okay, so both of you are still not too, too hungry. I mean, Dallas, you're a little bit hungrier, but it's not anything you can't manage right now. Okay. She's just excited that um, that Jaeger is home. That is correct. You open your eyes as the sun sets, and you are laying next to Jaeger, who is still still and lifeless. You know, this would be unnerving under any other circumstance. If you kiss him, does he wake up and the curse ends? I don't think that's how it works. I'm cured! No, the curse ends if you open the windows too early. And she just kind of tucks up the blankets around him and makes sure that everything is drawn tight. All right, are you staying around waiting for him to wake up, or are you going to spring into action as soon as you wake up? 
Um, she's going to jump into the shower and kind of pull out, uh, for Dallas, nice ish clothes. Uh, the salon is tonight. So she wants to look presentable, especially since she's going to be, uh, uh, contrite. She wants to play the part as it were. So she's getting out her suit that she likes to wear, um, you know, with her little lacy, um, bra basically underneath it. Okay, so Yilva, when you open your eyes and you're in your haven, anything in particular that you are doing? Um, she is gonna stretch, scritch Stella, and try and find something that's not punk attire, since they both have to go to the salon tonight and try and look somewhat presentable. Yilva, roll just a D10 for me and tell me what you get. Six? All right, you find something that's not completely inappropriate, not quite as fancy as what you were hoping for, but it will do. Is it one of Maria's dresses? Sure. Maria left some clothes behind and you it's something that's not elegant, elegant, but it is presentable and it, it fits kind of weird because you and your terrible scoliosis and all that. Thanks, girlfriend. Okay, and so both of you are getting dressed and preparing for this salon, which, uh, from what Leon told you, would be starting in another couple of hours. So what are you doing before you arrive? And are you planning on arriving early, on time, or fashionably late? Um, Dallas is going to want to connect with the Yilva before they go, but um, she's going to want to be there a little bit early just to try and make a little, as little fuss as possible. Yeah, Yova would head to the club to meet up with Dallas to figure out the game plan. So after you get dressed, you're just it's pretty easy for you to get to the club from your haven using Offuscate, so I'm assuming that is what you do. Yep. As you get in, are you going straight up to Dallas's room cuz the the club is pretty empty considering you know, the quote unquote recent changes in staff. Yeah. She would head up to Dallas's room and knock on the door. Dallas, are you in? Okay. And when Yulva knocks on the door, Jaeger, uh, lets go of Dallas and jumps out of the shower. Um, yeah. One second. Uh, Yulva, you hear a male voice in Dallas's room just saying, you got any towels or anything in this place? Yeah, um, underneath the cupboard. Why does your bedroom have cupboards? In the bathroom, you dork. Oh, right. Okay, after a few minutes go by, people are dried off, clothes are put on, Yulva, you're let in, and Dallas is there, and you see Jaeger is here as well. Jaeger, it is good to see you. I guess it's good to be seen. Hey, well, you two are looking pretty fancy. What, what the hell's going on? Lena's salon is tonight. We have to go pretend to be nice. Wait, what? You're going to one of Lena's salons? It's a long story, but yeah. Basically, we know a little bit more about why they wanted you. Um, and it's not pretty. So we're, um, we're basically going to make appearances and pretend that we're making nice. And um, start trying to tear things down from the inside. Wait, why, why they wanted me? I mean, I just thought Max was trying to get me because I didn't obey the blood tithe. 
It was a convenient reason. They have a device that they're going to use to power all the wards in the city using a kindred. And they wanted you to power it. Wait, what wards? The Tremere have been putting wards up all over the city to um, kind of, I guess, protect us from malignant spirits and things like that. Um, and that's why the blood tithe was in place, because it takes blood to power them. So they were planning on taking you and using your uh, essence to power this device. So instead of having to take mortal lives, you hook up a kindred to it like a battery. Man, that's some fucked up shit. Yep. What the hell is wrong with the Tremere? A lot. Many things. Yeah, Jaeger just gets the, the full body shivers when he just he just thinks about what fate could have possibly befallen him had things not ended up differently at Heidi's. I guess I owe the two of you a solid then, huh? You don't know me anything. I'll owe you a minor boon. It's a pride thing, you know? All right. All right, so I guess I'm laying low then. Yeah, I wouldn't venture out too far, but, you know, do what you gotta do. I'm not going back to the woods for a very long time, and I recommend you stay away from them, too. It's kind of where I eat. Yeah, well, it's crawling with really, really bad things right now. As long as you do not uh, come near my haven, the sewers has plenty of critters to eat. Maybe I should think about getting a ghoul. So, Yova twirls in like her multicolored sundress. What do you think? Perfect for Salon? Yes, you look very nice. I think that your your attempts at ingratiating ourselves into Camarilla society will be appreciated. Yeager looks at you and says, you look like you skinned a Malkavian. It is my girlfriend's. Do not insult her fashion sense. I mean, skinning or showing skin, I, both are accurate. You got a girlfriend? Who's your girlfriend? Maria. Oh. What? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. She did all night long. And this is where I go and find a TV to turn on very loudly. Yelva just chuckles. Well, the idea is to make this place a safe haven and neutral ground, so... We've got some dirt on Max, and hopefully we'll keep it that way so you can stay here for a long time. Dirt on Max? What, that he's a psycho asshole? Everybody knows that. That's not dirt. Everybody knows that. Exactly. Oh, don't forget, I know something about Ainsley as well. So if we need some Tremere support, I'm sure we can convince her to talk to our sire. Masquerade breaking dirt. Oh. For which one? Or both, both. of them? Both. Both. Oh, oh, that's that's the that that's that's the good stuff right there. I may not be able to take him in a fight, but Yilva is a master at getting secrets. All right, so you're going to this salon thing to pretend to be contrite and say you're sorry, and, and then what? Blackmail them. Oh, okay. So if they're there, you're just gonna just oh, just come right out with it. Okay. Great. That's very Tremere of you, Dallas. Ugh, ugh, oh, oh. Yeah, so. This I feel is like why, I need another shower after that. Yeah. 
I know. That's your blood reacting to that. Because us Gangrel, we just kind of rip the throats out of people who piss us the fuck off. Yeah, well, if I was a little bit stronger, I'd try, but I don't think I can to Max. I don't think I'm that quite that strong yet. Well, but then you get we strong. do have the lupines on our side, so that helps too. Wait, what? The lupines are on our side now? Mm-hmm. I missed out on a lot this past week. I've been very busy, and so is Yilva. Shit, sounds like it. All right, well, great. I guess uh, you two will just do all the work, and I'll just chill here. Would you like bonbons to munch on? No, but I but I should probably feed tonight, so... I, guess I I'll have just no open. issue with you feeding in the club. As long as you're discreet and careful. Yeah, discreet. Me. Yeah, I, I can do that. Just for one night? Sure, I guess. All right, well... I guess you two have fun. Good luck if uh, if you guys aren't back here by by what three a.m. I'm gonna come looking for y'all. All right. I promise not to keep her out too late. All right. Where's the salon at? Consulting notes very quickly because Tessa that, forgot. That would be at the Heidelberg University Student Union. Yes, at the university tonight. Oh, okay. All right, well, I'll make my way over there if you girls aren't back soon enough. Sounds good. Be safe. And she'll give him a quick kiss on the forehead. Right, he gives you a loving squeeze somewhere and says goodbye. All right, so girls' night. <laughs> this didn't at all get potentially costly at all, right? It is fine. Schieger should be have access to some of my notes if things go bad with the computer downstairs. That's a good point. Oh, and we need to ask around about Otto while we're there, too. Or maybe he'll be there. If he is there, I might uh, make sure to follow, just to see where they have him. Okay. All right, let's go make nice. Yes, time to uh, kiss face and brush ass, as Americans say. Sure. Sure. All right, and so I'm assuming that you two spend enough time to where you get there. You said you wanted to get there early? Early-ish. Um, we... I, I don't want to alarm anybody by just showing up um, in the, when it's full swing. Uh, she wants to be respectful of uh, Lena's um, hosting. Okay, so I'm going to assume that means that you are going to be arriving as the salon is starting. Yes, as it's starting. Okay, and Ilva, are you remaining obfuscated until you get in? Or are you just going to stay obfuscated the whole time? I'm going to roll a dice. Even she stays obfuscated, odds she unobfuscates at the door. Odds, so she unobfuscates at the door. Okay, so I need you to give me a rouse check because you are activating obfuscate. I know I neglected to do that at the beginning of the game, but oh well. Uh, seven, so she's still at hunger one. Okay. Okay, so you both arrive at the 
Heidelberg University Student Union. And when I think when most of us Americans hear the word student union, we think about just like a, a place that's kind of connected to like a lounge area where there might be some pool tables, some like the mail slots are at, just like some really crappy, ratty-ass furniture and some TVs where kids can, well, students can go and sit down in between classes and stuff. This is this is Heidelberg University. This is the oldest university in Europe. So the student union is very old, very ancient, and very fancy. So there's very nice furniture because, you know, Germans hold schooling in such high regard. They have students are held in very high regard. So it's a very relaxing atmosphere, uh, big windows, nice artwork all over the place. So students can come and sit and just feel a, a sense of relaxation and feel a connectedness to the centuries of history in this university. And so it is set up to be a very comfortable space. It's very fancy. As you're approaching, you hear the sounds of like a string quartet playing. You hear the, some some conversations going on inside. And as you approach the door, there are there is a ghoul present. This is a ghoul that, I mean, you've seen like in and out of Elysium at times. And he sees the two. Well, he sees you, Dallas, because Yilva, you're still obfuscated. He sees you and looks very, very surprised to see you there. And he says, um, um, Miss Dallas, is it? Uh, yes. Uh, to, um, what, what purpose, uh, would your, your visit here, uh, be? Do you, I, I hope you don't intend violence. No, no violence intended whatsoever. Um, peacemaking visit. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm going to need to go and, and, and check with Miss, Miss Lena if, if this is okay. Can, can you just wait? Completely understandable. Absolutely. Uh, both Yilva and I are here. If that helps. Uh Yilva drops off you skate at that moment and grins. Full disclosure in order to be uh, fully upfront and show that we have no intent of violence. Okay. And so the ghoul, like when Yilva just appears, the ghoul looks like he's about to jump out of his skin, but he tries to keep it controlled because this is a, he's a ghoul. He's definitely uh, owned by one of the Tremere. So he's probably used to seeing some really bizarre stuff. And he excuses himself, says, I will ask very quickly. And he darts inside. Okay. And so inside the salon, uh, various kindred are preparing there. They've arrived a little bit earlier. They are you know, enjoying the music. The ghouls are waiting on you all hand and foot. This is a very, very fancy place. And the guests, some of the first guests that arrived were the city's Tremere. Prince Hannah is present, as is Reinhard von Eisenbar. Aisley is there as well. Uh, Leon, not quite there yet, but there's another Tremere present who has been a very, very special guest of the city's Tremere uh, and allowed to stay, well, welcomed to stay at the Chantry of the city. And that is Franz Anderson, who has been, 
who has traveled from the Vienna Chantry to Heidelberg on a very special mission. And so, Franz, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what you would be doing at this salon? The music is playing. There's, You've heard that this is... Uh, you're the guest of honor here. There's going to be uh, the Toreador Harpy of the city uh, is interested in doing kind of like a like a poetry reading slash maybe kind of discussion thing. High clans only. So the Tremir, the Toreador are present. The Bruja Primogen is here. He doesn't really seem like much of a uh, a typical sample of his clan he seems to be more of a of an educated philosophical type man more of a traditional bruja more of a tra- yes like the bruja the way you remember bruja were and uh the the only other clan you see present is there's a singular ventru here does that seem like a lower a low representation of ventru or is that it does okay it does all right um, so, uh, so Franz is probably paying just a, an incredible amount of attention to, uh, to, to the, the, the music. He, um, um, you know, probably finds a seat close near them and, and while he does enjoy banter and discussion, he really enjoys music and anything of the arts, the poetry and everything. So he really tries to pay attention to whatever is going on at the particular moment. Uh, and um, he may even be in his head making notes about different critiques he might have if asked. Um, he would never volunteer them. That would be rude. But if asked for any critiques, he wants to uh, always give the, as much information as possible um, to help people improve, especially people who have dedicated themselves to the arts. I assume, being a Toreador putting this on, that this is all top-notch, top-level stuff. It seems like this particular Toreador is trying very hard to to impress. And so far, so good. So, Im- so impress me or just the, the, the Tremere or just in general, the, the Society of Kindred? Like, are there specific music selections picked out for me? Or is it just like in general, here's some nice classical music and... It it seems like it's more of a mix. Like every now and then will be like a nice like classical piece from a, an Austrian composer. You know, Vienna is in Austria. Sure. Uh, but mostly it just seems like, and, and the way that this tor- this particular Toreador, who she's slender, not too slender, but she has very long blonde hair and looks... I mean, very stunning, actually. She is making sure that all the Tremere are comfortable. It really just seems like she's putting this on for the Tremere because they are the clan that's in charge of the city. And she smiles very wide and she's introduced herself to you and hopes that you have a very pleasant stay in Heidelberg. Uh, and hopefully that, you know... It, Whenever your business is concluded, that you'll have a pleasant journey back to Vienna. And she's heard that Vienna is very nice, but she's not too familiar about, you know, the Chantry and all that. And it sounds romantic and fantastical. And so she's kind of making small talk. Yeah. When she engages a little bit about the Chantry, I don't talk about any of the the mundaneness or anything. All I talk about is the architecture and the art within the architecture of it specifically. Tailoring the conversation to what I think she most would be excited about. Yeah, she's very excited about the artwork and the beauty of the Chantry. 
and I'll talk about some of the maybe the prize pieces of art that we have there, um, but also specifically lean towards the Austrian, uh, any of the Austrian artists that we that we have there. All right. And so you, you have some discussions with her. And while you're having this discussion with Lena, it looks like one of the, the ghouls that you've seen in and about the Chantry uh, taps her shoulder quickly and whispers something in her ear. And Lena, she looks at him sharply and says, she, who, excuse me, who's here? And the ghoul looks, he flinches a little bit and she walks him over kind of out of earshot, so to speak. Uh, Would you be interested in hearing more about this and using your aspects or... I, you know, I was thinking that um, because of her reaction about it, it's very much kind of a gossip thing. It sounds like not necessarily something like, well, I guess what? How did how did I read her? Was it was it like panic or was it like, oh my god, they're trying to come in? No, it was panic. It was panic, almost like danger. Then yes, I do want to hear. So I would like to activate heightened senses. Uh, you magnify your sense of hearing and you can hear the ghoul whispering into Lena's ear and saying that Dallas and Yulva, the Anarchs, are present and they wish to be admitted. Uh, I, I, I just kind of smile and, and kind of uh, stand up and, and just get ready to, uh, to walk over if she starts being negative about it. Uh, Franz, these are two names that you've heard very frequently as of late being, you know, working closely with the prince uh, they've kind of made a mess of things over the past few days. And Lena is kind of almost shocked, doesn't, isn't very sure what to do about the whole situation. And she's like, so they just want to come in. Do they say, I mean, are they here? Do they have weapons? Are they going to, to hurt anybody here? And the ghoul's like, I didn't, I didn't see any weapons. And they said, Dallas said that uh, they were here to make peace. So I'd like to uh, to to walk up as I, as I and I'm going to just drop my my heightened hearing, um, since I'm realizing the music is still playing too, uh, and and just walk over. Um, what was her name? Lena. Lena. Yes. L- Lena, please let let them come in. I I wish to meet them. Uh, Lena, she looks at you, and you can see like the gears turning a little bit in her head, and she. She bows to you and says, if if that is what you wish, then then of course. I just hope that the two of them understand still that they're not so far gone that they still obey the laws of Elysium. If they do not, then maybe we have some volunteers. Sounds ominous, but uh, she nods to the ghoul and the ghoul bows to Lena and bows more deeply to you, Franz, and then scurries over to the door and Dallas and Yulva, the doors open and the ghoul bows and extends his arm out, inviting you into the space. Thank you kindly. And uh, Dallas will offer her elbow to Yulva. Yulva will hook her arm in with Dallas and smile and walk into the lion's den. Okay, so the two of you walk in, and you see the scene that I just described. Uh, as you walk in, Lena is standing there, and she's just looking at the two of you, not not with fury, not with anger, but just watching you, just wondering what your purpose here is. You see the prince is there. She's 
on her feet and she's just glaring at the two of you. Reinhardt is there and he's lounging back in his chair and he's just kind of, you know, rubbing the side of his face with two fingers slowly, just stroking it, just kind of watching the scene fold out. Uh, Aisley uh, is just, she goes wide-eyed and then she kind of looks at anything else but the two of you. Uh, let see. Henry is the only other one. Oh, Henry is there and he is, he, he has a smile on his face and he's just getting ready to watch the show, it looks like. And the only other person there is uh, is Werner, the Bruja Primogen, and he is looking very concerned. His brow furrows in concern. And Lena quickly comes over to the two of you and says, So, you're here. Uh, the rules of Elysium do apply here. What is the... To what do we owe the pleasure of your visit, ladies? We come asking for forgiveness. Our actions were wrong. And we would like to make amends. And we apologize. We absolutely understand that the rules of Lazy apply here and would not dream of causing any mayhem. Are they speaking loud enough for everyone to hear? Dallas is definitely speaking loud enough for people to hear. Yova would chime in. We come to throw ourselves upon the prince's mercy and to humbly apologize for what has happened. So I apologize. Um, is reading aura still a thing? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, shit! Is that Scry the Soul? Yes, it is. So you're powerful enough. This is pretty easy for you. Uh, my quick thing, quick point of order here. So it, typically the laws of Elysium mean that discipline use is highly discouraged. However, Auspex is very subtle. So you can go ahead and do it or not. It's up to you. Um, no, I think that, that once the, uh, uh, I think that in, in the, under the guise of safety, I think it's important to, uh, um, and, and as, since I invited these two in, it's, it's, uh, my place to make sure that they're going to act safely. Uh, so I need to make sure I understand their intentions as best as possible. I accept the rationalization of your actions. So Dallas, are you being honest? Um, yeah, they did come to make amends. Absolutely. What emotions are, what, what two primary emotions is Dallas feeling right now? Uh, anxiety, uh, probably. And, um, I don't know, is self-preservation an emotion? Um, I think that kind of gets wrapped into anxiety. Probably just mainly anxiety and a little, um, maybe a little excitement, but mostly anxiety. Okay. And Yulva, what two main emotions are you feeling right now? Um, concern for Dallas and also anxiety that this is going to go sideways. Okay, so they both seem very anxious and worried about something. You notice that Yulva, the Nosferatu, wearing the very bright flower-printed dress, in her aura, you see many, many black veins kind of going all throughout it. 
All right. Thank you. All right. And so Lena, since you're Dallas, since you're being honest, I guess Lena is she's reluctantly. Was was there any confusion in in uh, Fennec's character? In Yilva? Concern. No, no confusion at all. No, like, that's not what I signed up for. No, you're saying things that I don't agree with. Nothing like that. Okay. And, and so Lena looks like she's hesitant for a second. And at this point, Franz, the, the prince, Hannah, she approaches behind you, puts a, a gentle couple of fingers on your elbow and says, I, I'm sorry. I, this is something that I have to deal with. Please don't bother yourself with this. Please go. I will take them aside and I will speak to them. This is obviously city business. Please don't trouble yourself. I will I will dispose of these two as soon as I can. I told Lena to allow them to come in. I want to meet them. So for a Tremere, you can tell she's very shocked, but anybody else looking at her would just notice like a small you know, adjustment of her eyes. They are as much out of place here as we are. Well, if that is your wish, then of course uh, you wish to speak to them. Uh, perhaps the four of us can all speak together. Let them enjoy the party for a few minutes and then maybe we meet. All right. I will defer to your wisdom. And he'll go and sit back down and listen to the music. And so the prince turns over to Lena and says, Lena, let them come in, let them enjoy the salon, and we will talk with them later. And she gives a very pointed look at you, Yulva. Yulva just curtsies very carefully, because she's not used to wearing a dress. Right. And so the prince goes back over to where the... that, that fancy new Tremere that you've you saw here was talking to the prince just a minute ago. He goes and sits back down, and the prince goes back over to him, and they're having a conversation. This must be the new player in town that Elsa had told you all about before she left. So, what do the two of you do? There's fancy music being played. There's ghouls all you know. There's ghouls in and out of the place, kind of here for your needs. Hint, hint. And there's lots of comfortable furniture, and the fanciest of high clan vampires are here. What do you do? Dallas is going to avail herself of one of the ghouls, um, and uh, slake a little bit of hunger. Okay, so you excuse yourself with a ghoul and go into the discreet feeding area, slake a blood point, uh, sorry, slake a point of hunger. And then rejoin the party? Yes, so she's back down to one hunger. So she's can be as in control as possible. Hey, Ilva, what are you doing as Dallas just kind of leaves you to go suck on a ghoul? Um, Ilva... It's just going to kind of, like, eye all of the key players in the room and eye all the exits just to have an exit strategy just in case things go bad. Yeah, most of them are looking right at you. She's just going to smile and go calmly sit near the music then. And just internally, she's panicking. Outwardly, she's not going to let it show that she's 
nervous. Give me a composure and etiquette roll. Zero successes. What did you roll on the hunger die? Two. Okay, good. So you avoided a bestial failure. That's great. So you got zero successes uh, to compose yourself. Well, okay. So I'll give you one chance. You can spend a willpower point to re-roll three regular dice if you choose to do so. Uh, Yeah, let's go with that. Much better. That's a seven. Okay, so you got one success? Yep. Okay, so you managed to keep somewhat composed, but, you know, it's... For somebody who's observing you closely, it's very obvious that you feel very nervous. Uh, You're sitting here close to the music, which is where the new fancy Tremere and the prince are kind of sitting. And the prince is pointedly trying not to look at you right now. And you're just going to sit there and listen to the music. Okay. Uh, Dallas, when you come walking out, you see what I just described. Mm Okay. Yeah, you see, it only only takes a few seconds. Uh, You see Yulva is sitting by the music, and everyone is just... just kind of looking at the two of you. She is going to go to Henry. While she comes out uh, and and starts heading over towards Henry, is it obvious where she just was? Yeah, yeah, she was feeding. It's, you know, it's normal. Um, So while she's heading over to Henry... um, does it, is there any point when she's not looking in my direction? I would assume so. Unless, Dallas, are you eyeballing him the entire time? No, Dallas is trying to be as unobtrusive as possible at the moment. She's keeping an eye out for Max because she does want to speak with him if he shows up. Um, she did bring the uh, um, the bayonet. It's tucked into the it's in the inseam of her pants um, so she can give it back to him discreetly. You do not see Max's presence. You also don't see Leon there, and he said he would be there. Yeah, she's a little nervous about that. Right. And so that is, yeah, no. So, Franz, she is not, there's a there's a point in time where she's not noticing you. And and everybody else in the entire room is looking at her. More or less, yes. More or less. So nobody's really paying attention to me at all. No, not really. I'm going to use Extinguish Vite, and I'm going to put her back to where she was when she walked in. Okay, so Dallas, you're walking over to Henry. You sit down, smiling at him. Then all of a sudden, you just feel hungrier. She'll blink for a second, a little confused, but um, just kind of be like, okay, that was weird. And then maybe it's a ghoul thing. I don't know. She hasn't been feeding on ghouls that long. Maybe maybe it goes through your system faster. I don't know. It's like fiber. It just goes right through you. Right. So you sit down by Henry, and Henry, he's just has a smile for you is like Dallas this is not not a place where I would expect to see you how are you I'm I'm well under the circumstances how about yourself staying out of trouble I trust huh and he laughs a little to himself uh well doing my best uh, one only needs to dance with trouble once to know that you are in the wrong ah well that's a quick lesson learned isn't it it is it is I wouldn't take you for a for a poetry buff. Um, well, uh, while it is not the primary uh, entertainment that I would choose, I don't dislike poetry. I mean, some of the best song lyrics, with if removed from music, are simply poetry. Uh, I suppose that's true. So, are, are you just here to make uh, small talk with Henry, or are you 
Is there a, a purpose to this? She has a purpose. Okay. All right. So Henry is like, he will be engaging in small talk. So yeah, talk about music lyrics and, and things and the weather and just pretty much anything avoiding the topic of what happened at Heidi's. Henry, when we, when uh, Elsa and I first opened up our club, you came to us with an offer and um, of some interest. I was wondering if uh, potentially you were interested in discussing, maybe not this evening, but at another time, um, whether or not we could revisit that arrangement. Oh, the the arrangement that I tried to make with Elsa before she insulted me by saying no. And Elsa is no longer part of my club. So I was wondering if uh, perhaps we could revisit that arrangement. Well, that is interesting news. Well, I tell you what, I am interested in talking business with just about anybody. So I am a businessman of some renown. So... Sure, maybe some other night we will discuss. He reaches into his coat pocket and gives you his card and says, you can reach out to my man and he will relay a message to me. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it greatly. Let's see, a little bit before the the main festivities get started, uh, Yilva, you're still just sitting by the band and just just trying not to look terrified. Is that what you're doing? Pretty much. She's trying to display an air of confidence and inwardly knows that this could easily go sideways and she would be very dead in several seconds. Right. And so while you're sitting on the the couch, listening to the music, you hear you, you're so kind of in your own thoughts that the only clue that you get that somebody's sitting down next to you as you feel the depression in the cushion next to you and you turn and you look and there's Aisley and she's sitting down next to you. She's like, hi, Yulva. Hi. Long time no see. Ainsley, it is so nice to see you. Especially uh, with robes on. She kind of quirks her eyebrow Ooh, up at okay, that. Okay, we're dropping that fast. <laughs> Well, she kind of quirks her eyebrow a little bit at that, like not quite getting what you're meaning. And she says, uh, so Yulva, um, this is probably the last place I would expect you to be in, especially if you wanted to remain safe. I'm just kind of wondering at your thought process here. My coterie mate and I agreed that youthful passions got the better of us, and we are uh, hoping to rely on the prince's mercy that's definitely a a goal to have uh for tonight uh i don't think it's the prince's mercy that i would be reaching out for first though i think um she looks around i know maximilian was going to be here tonight but he said that he had some business he had to take care of first and he took leon with him so i'm hoping that it's nothing too serious but if he if he does come back and sees you, it might stra- strain the rules of Elysium, if you get my meaning. We understand. We are hoping that Max and the well, the sheriff and the prince will both understand that uh, 
a former member of our coterie was to blame for inciting our passions. It was, uh, uh, they have left Heidelberg at this point, and we are hoping to apologize for being misled by them. Interesting. Okay. Well, I just hope that if if things happen the way that you're saying that they, you want them to happen, I hope that cooler heads prevail. I too hope so. I am personally hoping to apologize to the sheriff as well. It was... Uh, poor judgment on my part for what I did. And for your sake, I hope that he has an open mind and an open ear for you. I hope so as well. Yes, he was very heartbroken about the loss of his favorite bayonet. Yes, that was a... Yes. <laughs> I Hopefully, he will be very happy to see it back at some point. At this point, Lena, she stands in the center of the room and tap the the silverware on the glass, making it ring, getting everyone's attention. And she announces that it's time for the salon to start. And to begin things, she is going to read some poetry, uh, some, some nice Austrian poetry, uh, obviously in the original Austrian, as, as to kind of honor our special guest and she just goes right on into it. And I'm not entirely certain Dallas or Yulva actually know a whole lot of Austrian. I barely know German. So Dallas is like, it's, it sounds very pretty. <laughs> Has no idea what it means. Yeah. Yulva, Yulva knows Russian, German and English. She doesn't, that's just. Right. And Friends, it is, well, I mean, her pronunciations are, are a bit off. You know, she's German, but German and Austrian are very, very similar. Uh, but it was, I guess you would appreciate the effort. She did put effort into it, at least. And that's good. And so she she finishes and there's polite applause. The poetry reading will continue. You know, various other people, like some some ghouls will read poetry, other People present will. Henry doesn't look like he's really all that into it. He's just kind of there to show his face. Uh, unless anybody else wants to do anything specific uh, before other events happen. Dallas will go over and sit by Yilva so she's not by herself. Um, Dallas's idea was if she can get back in Henry's good graces, then it, at least there seems uh, any ally at this point or at least an attempt at looking like she's looking for allies is not a bad show of good faith. Okay. And so the two of you, as the poetry reading is going on, uh, I want you both to give me composure and etiquette rolls again. Woo. Two successes. Um, that is three successes. Wow. The two of you actually managed not to look bored out of your minds as all the poetry is being read. Congratulations, because you were being weighed and scrutinized. I have no doubt. Right, so not even halfway through this whole thing, and actually while all this is going on, Franz, what is, what's going through your mind? Is there anything that you're planning or plotting or are you just enjoying the atmosphere? No, uh, Franz is not uh, worried at all about any of this he knows that um that that 
they're the ones that feel out of place. They're the ones that have anxiety. They're the ones that um, they're they're on edge. He's in his element. He's very comfortable, and so he's literally just doing that. He's just enjoying and relaxing and getting ready for whatever might happen. Okay, great. And so while this is going on, like I said, not even halfway through the event, uh, the doors open, and. Obviously, that gets everybody's attention. Whoever's reading the poetry just kind of stops and turns. And through the door, you see Maximilian and Leon come walking in through the door. And Maximilian has a giant sack in his hands. And he looks, he's beaming, he's smiling, he's holding it up high. How big of a sack? It's a big sack. I mean, it's like, it looks a little heavy. Is it human size? And he goes, success, my prince. No, it's not human size, no. He walks over to where the prince is and he drops the sack down on the table and there's a, a bit of a squelching sound as it hits uh, the hard wood of the table. And the prince, she looks a little almost horrified at this. Uh, Franz, this is a, a bit unusual. And Maximilian, he turns around and just looks at everybody and says, I've had success. I set out what I went to and he sees Yulva and Dallas and he just stops and he's staring daggers at the two of you. And he says, you two are not welcome here. The prince clears her throat and says, Maximilian, our honored guest invited them in. And the sheriff turns and he looks at you, Franz. He kind of turns around really quick and he just like eyeballing you, Franz. I am not even looking that direction. I am waiting for the poetry to continue to be read. See, he's not even worth your notice is what you're saying. Correct. Okay. So he just, he's getting that from you and he just, he turns right back to you two since you're both sitting together. And says, well, since you've been invited, I guess Elysium holds. I would like to apologize, Max, for what happened and uh, return something of yours to you. You would like to apologize? Yes. We both would. And so Max looks like he's getting a bit worked up, like just starting to talk to the two of you. And the prince, she stands up and puts a, a firm hand on his shoulder and says, Maximilian, you're causing a scene. She looks over at the sack and says, what did you bring to the salon? And Maximilian, he he takes a deep breath, a, a calming breath, and he turns so her hand falls off of his shoulder and says, my prince, I told you what I was setting out to do, and I succeeded. Your boy, Leon, he helped, but together we've started to make headway into resolving the threat that is plaguing our fair city. And he reaches into the sack and he pulls out this gigantic wolf head. I mean, it looks huge. And Dallas, you're looking at the head and it looks like on the side, one of the eyes is all scarred up and it has a bandage over it. And he just drops it on the table and says, I brought you the head of a lupine. Oh, Dallas's heart just sinks. Yova, like, 
out of the corner of her eyes, just looks at Dallas like, the fuck? Makes a mental note of just, I'm so sorry, friend. Yeah, that one was Ancestor's Honor. Yeah, she remembers his name this time. And Leon, he he's there. He's just standing in the back, just not really drawing any attention to himself. But he looks like resolved in a sense, because it just seems like the two of them went out and they took care of a lupine, which is great because they were responsible for some of the attacks that were going on in the city. And they were destroying some of the wards that would have plunged the entire city into a huge catastrophe. And at this point, the other kindred in the room, actually, Franz, how do you react to this? Or are you reacting to this? There's no reaction. Yeah, this is just normal. This, I mean, shit, this shit goes on in Vienna all the time, right? Um, I think he's more amused, um, just listening and and doing his best to just kind of stay focused on on looking nonchalant and like he's not trying not to enjoy it too much. That he just kind of enjoys the the little random chaos that's being created. Yeah, the the young ones do just fly all to pieces at the littlest things, don't they? You know, Fra- Fra- the way Franz thinks about it is like, you know, 100 years from now, none of this matters. And so this scene unfolds. The other kindred in the salon have various mixes of like horrified look on their faces. Lena looks like she is about to have a conniption fit. Like she's just, hey, why my my salon? And she just looks like she's like going to hyperventilate, which is weird because we don't breathe. Whatever. Uh, Henry looks amused. Because shit, this is funny. Why not? Uh, Reinhard does look deeply concerned a bit. He stops rubbing his facial scar. And he even stands up and says, Maximilian, you will take the head of this thing and dispose of it. This is not appropriate here at this time. And he gestures over to Franz and says our guest would be greatly disturbed to think that this is how normal business operates in this city especially if we have a sheriff that can't appreciate the finer points of showing respect and decorum in Elysium oh shit Maximilian gives a little mocking bow oh my apologies my apologies, Regent, Primogen, whatever title you're giving yourself nowadays. I will go ahead and dispose of this animal carcass, as you said. And when I come back, I will hope that the other animals that were allowed in here will also be gone. And he shoves the nasty, squelchy head back into the sack and excuses himself temporarily to go dispose of the head. So Yulva's going to lean over to Dallas and say, I don't think it is a good idea to turn into bird here. He seems very upset about the animals. He's going to go all Ozzy Osbourne on you. No, I, I don't think uh, a raven would be entirely appropriate. Although, it did inspire some good poetry. Poetry I'd be able to understand. This I have no concept. I could do Russian poetry, but that is mostly sad. American poetry leaves a lot to be desired, I think. 
Yeah, Lena is still just standing in the middle of everyone. Just, just. It looks like her. Poor Lena. <laughs> she's. It looks like her brain has just been jammed in neutral, and she's just still kind of looking at the the bloody, greasy spot that was left on the ancient oak table, and her mouth is just opening and closing impotently. Dallas is going to take off her suit jacket, so it's just that plunging neckline, and just kind of lay it across the stain. Is like a nothing is here. It's okay. Yelva's gonna go up to Lena and curtsy and say, "You've put on a fabulous salon. The poetry is most excellent." And Lena, trying very hard to focus on something else other than what the hell just happened, she's like, "Thank you. I um." I did put a lot of effort into this, and I hope that there was some enjoyment gained. Um, it seems as if the mood has just left through the windows. Um, I think now would be a good time to transition to just the, the social hour. And if anybody needs me, I will go be in the other room. And she politely excuses herself to go avail herself of the, the nearest fainting couch. Poor Lena. Aww. We tried to make it better. I don't know that we, us making it better is is helpful. Right. And so there's a lot, there's some moments of silence. So the poetry has stopped and now it's time to socialize and discuss the, the events of the day. And well, well, we all have a lot of things to discuss now, I guess. And so the prince uh, puts her hand, puts her fingers on your knee, Franz, and says, I do apologize. Our, our sheriff is a bit excitable. And with the recent incursions by the Lupines, he has become very zealous in his duties. How weak is your city? The two anarchs at Elysium can destroy the entire evening. She takes a second and she says, things have been very unusual lately and I have been trying to show the strength of the city and of Clan Tremere here. And she looks over at the two Anarchs and says, and this is a problem that I am about to go deal with. So if you will excuse me, she gets up with your leave and walks over to Dallas and Yilva. Which will probably be the first time that friends actually turns and kind of pays attention to the two of them. So Dallas, Yilva, the prince is walking towards you. And she even does like this thing, like she crooks her finger at the two of you. Dallas immediately goes over. Yova also goes over without, you know, making her wait. And, and this is off to one of the corners. It's you're not in the middle of everyone, but you're off to the side. So polite kindred wouldn't, you know, be all nosy about it. But, you know, you know, polite how it kindred is. are polite. <laughs> Malkavians can be very polite sometimes. Okay, that's true. Maria is like the one kindred who I would expect to be like, nope, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah, she's not here, unfortunately. So the prince looks at the two of you and says, 
What is your purpose for coming here? I need a very good reason before I call a blood hunt on the two of you. We understand. Um, Our purpose was to apologize and to admit that we were wrong for what happened. I wanted to return Max's bayonet to him. um, And um, our intent was never to cause a scene. Um, I'm very sorry. Well, it seems like you two aren't the ones that actually caused the scene. I, this is going to be a very long night for me. I, I would guess. And she looks over at you, Yulva, and says, and you? I too share my coterie's mate's desire in apologizing for what happened and to apologize for being led astray by youthful passions that are third coterie mates incited in us and she is no longer an issue. She has fled the city. Elsa incited these in you? These passions? Da, we discovered she was working with her sire to undermine you. So she encountered her sire. Yulva, I want you to give me a composure and subterfuge roll. And I really hope that you roll high. I really hope that you roll high, too. A lot. Please please roll well. I'm going to try. Two successes out of the two die that I have. And so she looks at you consideringly for what seems like an eternity, like just gazing into your soul. And says, if this is true then the two of you wouldn't mind being asked a few questions about the events and what really happened, correct? Of course. Of course. Excellent. So, since tonight is Elysium, we won't deal with that tonight, but tomorrow night... You will both be called upon. I will have Leon come get you from, I guess, the club, Der Hexen Lied. And we'll have a conversation about the events that happened at Heidi's. Absolutely. Of course. I am very, very looking forward to getting down to the truth of the matter. And she turns around and walks away from the two of you. Yova just... Did you want to say that you took care of Eric? We can say that tomorrow. Might go over better tonight. Not sure. Uh, Prince. She stops and turns. You will be happy to know that the one you call the blood hunt on has been taken care of. She nods. Good. At least something has gone well. And she goes back to where she was going. Uh, At this point, since this was actually a bit of time, Maximilian comes back in the room. And he makes a beeline straight for the two of you. Yova reclenches. So, you've come to apologize. That's... 
Interesting. Whatever do you have to apologize for? Well, I, I believe uh, taking something that doesn't belong to me, first of all, and Dallas will kind of pull out the bayonet from her inseam and offer it back to him. I believe this is yours. As soon as you pull that out and show it to him, that, that stern, angry look on his face just kind of melts a little bit, and he just kind of grabs for the bayonet, and he's, like, clutching it tightly, and he he quickly, because he realizes where he's at, just puts it back in the, the sheath that has been laying empty at his side for a while now. And he he stops, and he looks back over at you, Dallas, and says, so... That's a good start. And he looks over at you, Yulva, and says, So, what do you owe me, little one? I owe you my deepest apologies. I was led astray by our third coterie mate, who was under the influence of her sire, and tried to undermine what the city stands for. Well, that's... That's interesting. Yulva, I want you to give me a composure and subterfuge roll. Can you stop making me roll this? Stop lying! Maybe you should have Dallas do that. Her, her, her dice pool is significantly larger. She looks at Dallas to, like, back her up on this. We have, um, taken care of, uh, the one who had the blood hunt called on him. Um, we believe that he had been feeding her some poor information. Two successes, barely. And so Max says, that is, it all makes sense. Huh. Okay. So I guess at this point you would have to submit yourself to penance by the prince. So I guess the prince will take care of that. But I don't forget easily. We understand. Fortunately, it was just bullets. Yulva just only raises an eyebrow but nods. That's true. Dallas didn't use her claws on him. That would have been real bad. Well, Yulva's also considering the other time... With oh, that's true. The alley, so she's not gonna. She's wisely not gonna say anything. We apologize for disturbing your evening. Oh no, I don't think you were the ones that disturbed anything. I just he like turns around and sees all the the nervous kindred flittering around and everything. It's like I do like to watch them scramble sometimes. Excuse me. And he goes, walking away. And at at this point, uh, Franz, while you are just kind of doing what it is that you've been doing, while this people has been going at this on, point. While, yeah, while you're people watching, uh, Aisley, one of the, the youngest member of well, Clan Tremere in Heidelberg, but also the newest member of the Chantry in the city here. She gets your attention and she, she bows deeply to you and says, my lord, I 
I was just wanted to take this opportunity to, to say how honored I am uh, that you're here. And I do hope that one day I am able to visit the Chantry in Vienna. I have heard such wonderful things about it. Um, I would be very, very interested in speaking to Etrius of all people about just magical theory and all that. He, he must be must be a wonderful person to, to just spend an evening with, but I'm not going to assume anything. I just wanted to to, to say welcome, and she looks over at what's going on in this room and says, and I hope that, you know, this is just, <laughs> I hope that you've seen worse. <laughs> I have seen much worse than this many times. I hope that sometime in the next century or two, you you earn that right, and we see you in Vienna. Well, I'm very honored just to hear you say that, and I, I, I will work very hard to be worthy of the attention of the council. While this is going on, are you going to say anything else to Aisley, or are you doing small talk or just dismissing her? I'll do a little small talk. I mean, I don't mind asking and answering a couple of questions here and there. I'm really kind of still keeping attention towards um, uh, Yilva and Dallas and specifically uh, Hannah, just to kind of see what's going on. I know they talked about them leaving and being called summoned tomorrow. So I'm assuming that you are using heightened senses just to pay attention to everything that's going on here. Trying to, yeah. When there's no more music now, so it should be a little bit easier. Franz, while you're having small talk with Aisley. You also have one ear on Hannah and one ear on the Anarchs. And you hear a Hannah is speaking to Reinhard and you overhear her speaking to him and saying, so tomorrow night, those two are going to be questioned by us. I need you to prepare the ritual truth of blood. And Reinhard bows slightly to her and says, of course, I'm looking forward to this. This should be very interesting. We will find out what the truth actually is. And Dallas and Yulva, after Maximilian walks away, Leon comes over to you two. And he's, he's, you know, that walk where he's like rushing to you, but trying not to look like he's rushing. He's like trying to have like some kind of decorum about him. So he comes over the to you two. power walking. Yeah. The constipated power walk. Sure. The, the Ultramere skill that. And he comes over to the two of you and says, hey, hey, Dallas. Hi, Ilva. Hi, Leon. What the hell just happened? Um, uh, we came to apologize like you, uh, we, like we, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I remember that. Um, the prince doesn't seem to happy about all of this. Um, of course, Max's little stunt probably didn't didn't help a whole lot. I tried to tell him that he needed to wait, but he was so excited. But hopefully you've smoothed some things over with him, and so there's one less kindred in the city that wants you dead. Um, have you talked about the Derhexen line yet? No, I think it might be a better idea to um, maybe not bring that up tonight. I think maybe just trying to apologize is enough for one night. Are you sure? I mean, they do say strike while the iron's hot. 
but you know, it's your decision. It's your club. I think, I think it's best to, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to bring it up, but I, I think given the recent, um, package that was delivered, perhaps it's not the best, um, time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would assume not. Like I said, he just has his own ideas about what's, what's appropriate sometimes, but, but Hey, we got one of them. That's great. I don't know how many more are left, but one less that's going to help the city out a whole lot. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it was not an easy fight, and it took a lot of, you know, had to make a couple of pit stops to recover, but it's been done. And so this is, like I said, this is this is great. So, huh. any other intel that you could, if you come across anything else, any other attacks happen or anything, I think it might be a good idea to have you on our side, too. Um, I, I, aside from a really strange seven-eyed kind of deer I saw in the woods not that long ago, um, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. A seven-eyed deer? Mm-hmm. I was hunting, and it was very strange looking. That's... Looked straight at me. I didn't want to feed off of it, but I did try to get closer to see what it was that it took off, but... Uh, yeah, it was, it was, and she'll describe the creature that she saw. That is very unexpected. I, um, if you'll excuse me, I, tonight's exertions have, I'm in need of some rest. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to go return to the Shantry. But, um, if you need, if anything else happens and... Well, I guess I'm going to be seeing you again tomorrow night, so we'll talk more then. Mm-hmm. And he excuses himself. He walks over to the prince, his sire, and excuses himself and leaves. At this point, it just seems like the party is dying down. No one's really in the mood for anything else. Maximilian's trying to chat it up with some people, and they're just really trying to avoid it right now. In Aisley's case, he actually describes what it was like beheading a lupine. <laughs> she just looks pale. Er. Should we go uh, say thank you to uh, the guest for speaking on our behalf? Uh, we probably should. It is not good to slight someone that even the prince is trying to get the favor of. It uh, would be very bad. Okay. Um. So you wait for a a uh, an appropriate moment to speak to the guest, Franz. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Franz, the the two Anarchs, or, well, who you assume are the Anarchs, are wanting a word with you. Uh, as they come over, um, I'll kind of disengage from whoever I'm speaking with and, and turn to them, staying seated. Uh, and I will just cross one leg over the other and then kind of put my hands in my lap clasped, waiting. 
Um, hello, uh, my name is Dallas, uh, and this is Yelva. I wanted to thank you for uh, interceding on our behalf and uh, asking Lena to allow us in so that we could make our apologies. Thank you. Don't, uh, you did not have to do so. It was uh, very kind of you. You provided for a very entertaining evening. But do not think that that endears me to you. Of course. If this was Austria, you both would be hung on the wall as art. Before you were killed. Expect to see me tomorrow. Yes, sir. Understood. And Dallas will just kind of do a little bow and turn around. Yova will do the exact same, just very slowly backing away. I'll keep eye contact with Dallas the entire time. Okay, so the two of you back away and leave. What do y'all do when you get a safe distance away? Oh, how far do you think it's safe? That's that's a terrifying question, Logan. Well, they are neonates, so the answer is going to be a little different. Uh, back to our haven, maybe? Uh, Leasium is considered over, yes. Then, yeah, back to the haven. And travel to and from Elysium is always guaranteed to be safe. Yes. So tomorrow night's a whole other story. So you go back to Derhexen Lied. Basement. Basement. Basement talk. Basement talk. Basement talk is good. The basement. Uh, she basically is checking with, with Jaeger. Hi, still alive for now. Love you. Bye. And goes downstairs. <laughs> Jaeger shrugs and goes back to watching reruns of the Golden Girls. You are very much a blanche. Bye. <laughs> the fuck you say? As you close the door behind you. Please. He's a rose at best. Kidding! Definitely the Dorothy! So, so you're in the basement. What do you, well, you're here, you're safe, you're far, far away from any of those scary, scary kindred. Uh, Dallas sits down across from Yelvin and goes, okay, so, that's not good. What are we, I mean, Elsa was involved, but I don't know that they're going to buy that she's the ringleader? She's not the ringleader. Eric. Eric. I know that she did contact him and stuff. Or he contacted her. Did I ever find the letter uh, that she had left for me about Eric uh, and the whole thing at Heidi's where he was... uh, um, yeah, it was basically a letter saying that Eric had shown up again and demanded that she help him liberate those weapons that were at Heidi's. She threatened Chris, sorry, he threatened Christina. He basically threatened to turn her if she wouldn't help him. And so she was just giving you information saying that, you know, the next night she would probably need your help. I mean, we can definitely talk about the fact that Eric was blackmailing her with Christina. That's truth. It is true. She was very important part to Elsa from what I gathered. 
was there other human that she was close to that might have also been Gregor, but I don't know if I don't know if he threatened Gregory or not. I just know that that Christina was a sticking point. I know that Eric had shown up and had tried to pressure her before. We do know that, I mean, truthfully, Elsa decided to become anarchs at the same time we declared ourselves. She just decided to be the one to keep up appearances. That again is truth. I don't know what they're going to do to us, but if they're going to ask specifically about Heidi's, I mean, Elsa wasn't really involved in that particular night, although she was involved in other nights. What's triggered Heidi's was panic, purely. At least for me, it triggered this panic. I too panicked. I did not wish to see a friend be taken. So I panicked. Hopefully that's good enough. Hopefully. And the fact that Elsa has left town, it adds credence to what we are saying. And I would say that it's not untrue that she left town because of Eric. If he was threatening her family, you yeah. know, this and she didn't want to kill him for some reason, which is really strange. You would think that if someone threatened your family, you would just give him what we are. Wouldn't you just kill them? I mean, I have killed for far less. So. I mean, hell, I. I had to protect my dad from Sophia once. I didn't hurt her. I just asked her to not. I'm not proud of it, but it's the only time I willingly participated in the blood hunt or in the tithe was because Sophia was sniffing after my dad. So I helped her find someone else. Yelva will place a hand on Dallas's shoulder and squeeze like, it is all right. You protected your family. That is the most important. And that's what I was trying to do with Jaeger. Okay, well, we'll see how tomorrow goes. And if we survive, then yay. And if not, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to uh, unlive by your side. I, I do not know proper terminology, but I think live probably works better. I will stay here in basement and document all secrets I know. We give you your password, just in case. And if things go really, really south, maybe we spill dirt as a let us live, we have dirt on things? No, that's terrible. We won't, We can't do that. Uh, depends. If it gets us out of our problem, then yes. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go upstairs and spend what uh, few hours I may have left with my boyfriend. Enjoy. You can call Maria. I will use your phone to do so. You're in the prince's good graces for at least tonight. Well, that's true. Again, at least tell her I love her. 
Okay. And so Dallas goes upstairs and I guess finishes watching the episode of Golden Girls before enjoying each other's company. And Yilva, you're going to For give fade Ma- to black. Yes. Maria, you are uh, Yilva, you are going to give Maria a call? Where do you think she is? Um, she's gonna try the hotel Zoom Zoom Rider, Zoom Rider, whatever it is, and see if she's there. Alright, so you call the hotel and there's actually you, you call it's very late at night. The answering machine picks up. So no, no one's there. She'll just sigh and hang up the phone and then go skulk downstairs to give her secrets. Stella, your fox, comes out of your handbag and she senses that you're you're upset and you're on the phone. Is like what what you doing? I was trying to call Maria. Oh, okay. She didn't answer? No, I tried hotel, but uh, no one is there. Oh, no, she's not at the hotel. She's not at that big building that you all go to. Then where is she? Let's see. I found her at a bookstore. I think that's what they're called. Uh, duh. It's a place with many books that people buy. Yes. 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 One of those, those would, book things. Yes. Would Yilva remember the bookstore that Maria stole from? Yes. Okay, she's gonna look it up in the phone book and try calling there. Okay. <laughs> you call. And the, the answering machine picks up and it's, you know, this this small local bookstore and just says, you know, what when their hours are and if you want to leave a message with any information that you might need, they'll re- call you back if you leave contact number. And, you know, like those answering machines, like when they click on and you record, like it, the speaker works. So people around it would actually hear it. Uh, so she's just going to say, Maria, this is Yolva. I am. Um... The phone picks up. Yolva? Maria? How did you find me? You're like Columbo or some shit. I had the help from a little friend. Scritches Stella's ears. I, um... Dallas and I went to Elysium and the prince wishes to meet us tomorrow. And question us question you Duh. I I don't know what will come of it I just wanted to call and say I love you what, was she specific about what type of questioning because last I heard sometimes for the Tremere questioning and torturing are like the same thing uh no they the prince did not say oh so you're probably going to end up getting tortured okay I hope you're prepared for that so, yeah. So, hey, I live in a bookstore now. Well, I mean, you would know that because you called the bookstore and I, I answered because I live here in this bookstore where they sell books. Because, well, yeah, because that's what they do in a bookstore. And please say something. I'm just going to keep going. I love you. I, yeah, I heard that. And you, wait, you love me? What? Uh, you are the first person I have loved in 40 years. Well... Okay, so first thing, I'm not a person. Number two, that's really sad. 
but I guess appropriate for what we are. I, uh, wow. Um, that's, I, I guess I, I have strong feelings for you too. I, I think, I don't know. Sometimes my feelings get all kind of mixed up and jumbled, but I do know that when I'm with you, I'm not anywhere near this anxious. I, uh, I have, I feel like I am human again with you, like I did before the camps. Thanks. I, um, I feel, well, when I'm with you, I feel. Well, I am glad that we uh, both feel something at least. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's great. I hope that someday soon we can get back together and we can start feeling each other more and that I totally did not mean it like that I just realized what I said <laughs> as I was saying it oh my god I you know I, what I mean I know what you mean okay good I should probably let you get to sleep because it is almost sunrise <laughs> yeah I should I should go back to my hiding spot because that would freak out the the day walkers here yeah I like that name for them. It's his good name. Yeah, I read it in a book. Did you know that there are other books besides the Babysitter's Club? I, uh, that is news to me. You'll have to tell me what you've been reading. It's like, holy shit, who knew? I mean, well, the Bible, I mean, but that that's always been around. Oh, God, Bria, it hurts my heart. Babysitter's Club in the Bible, that's your only frame of reference for books? Oh, Bria, no! And the phone book. I know that's a book, too. Duh, that was how I found you. Yes, you let your fingers do the walking. And I didn't mean it like that. You know, I'm just going to hang up right now before the sun comes in through the windows and burns me to a crisp. I would appreciate that. I would like to have you around. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, if you survive tomorrow night, um, swing by the book bookstore. I should be good enough to not have to leave for a few nights. I will do that. Dosvidaniya. Great. And whatever you do, tell the truth. And she hangs up. <laughs> tell the truth. Well, if I'm only able to work that easy. Later on that night, back at the Chantry at in Heidelberg, uh, you are there, Franz, and the other Tremere are gathering. They're preparing to, to go to bed for the day. And the prince is making some final preparations, making sure that, you know, doing the... The job that one of the head magisters of Chantry does, making sure all the wards are in place, making sure the protections are up, giving the ghouls orders for the day, things of that nature. And you catch her as she's doing her duties. Hannah, may we speak? Oh, yes. A absolutely. I am completely at your disposal. I wonder, in dealing with these two... Yelva and Dallas. He kind of grins. Uh, you seem to like to use a hammer when the paintbrush would do. Well, in my centuries of being the prince of this city, I have found out that when 
kindred, especially young kindreds who, who desire to align themselves with these so-called anarchs, destroying them at the source tends to be the quickest way to discourage the others from following suit. There is a better way. Have them destroy themselves. I'm going to ask you to delay your plans by one day. I would like to speak with them and with your power, if I may. And then I'll explain the plan that I'd like to reveal the next scene. Okay, so she is totally on board with that. You are, she defers to you and she will adjust her plans and not send Leon to go collect the two tomorrow night. So, okay, so now we're going to stop and we're going to jump ahead to the next night. Uh, both of y'all just might as well just give me a rouse check for your hunger so we can continue to track that for the next episode. Piova gets hungry. Oh, yeah, one success. I'm good. All right, so Dallas is good and Yilva gets hungrier. So you're both at two. All right. Dallas and Yilva, you arise the next night and you're waiting, just waiting, agonizing moments because you know someone is coming for you. Is the club open tonight or is it closed? No. Okay. No, we've gone past the weekend and we're on this is Sunday we'll just say it's Sunday and the club is not open on Sunday because the Germans respect the Sabbath and there's a knock at the door but not the Sabbat fuck the Sabbat Goratrix anyway we'll get into that so there's a knock at the door eventually and which one of you answers it? Yeah, probably Dallas, um, who has been pacing pretty much all evening. And um, I will make sure Franz will be the one in front of the door. He'll be the one knocking, even though Ansley probably may have run up and done the knocking. He wants to be the first thing they see. And then as soon as the door opens, he's just going to start walking in. Oh, this is what happens, Dallas. You open up the door and that... High Tremere Buckety Muck comes walking in. Come in. Yolva's sitting at the bar and just tilts her head. She looks a little confused, but she's not saying anything yet. She's just trying to size up the situation. Ainsley, um, please. I, he actually puts a hand up and kind of stops her and waits in, in the car. She stops for a second and she bows to you and says of course and she turns and leaves closes the door behind her and I'll look around to see if there's anybody else in here besides the two of them uh this so far you're so in this club it's the the first floor area where like there's the stage and there's tables there's a bar there's basically a whole club floor and it is completely empty the club is not going to open tonight anyway so there's no employees making ready it's completely quiet and silent as the grave. Do you have your heightened senses on? Uh, no, 
but I will try to kind of appear like I'm listening or looking for things that might uh, be beyond the, the range of normal, like just tilt my head a little bit every once in a while, just for the first few seconds until I make my way to the bar. Dallas and Yelva, you know Jaeger is still here. Yep. Yep. He sits down at the bar and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a about two feet of white satin ribbon. And he just kind of like lays it, just like coils it onto the onto the counter there and just puts it down. Dallas, do you know there are rumors about you throughout the city? That's probably very true. One of them says that you are infatuated with Jaeger. Um, well, that one is true. Yes. Mm. And you know that I assume Jaeger is being hunted. Yes, I do know that. It is part of what caused the issue at Heidi's that night. The two of you aligned yourselves away from the Camarilla. You broke a very important rule. Both of you should have blood hunts. And I sit here with the power of the prince. Yova's eyes widen at that. So let me make this very clear. In 24 hours, there will be a blood hunt called on both of you. Whichever one of you delivers Jaeger will not only have their blood hunt removed, but will also be given a boon from the Prince of the City because you will have saved this city from breaking the masquerade. And that person may use that boon to save the other one of you, if you wish. Have you ever heard of thaumaturgy? Are you familiar? Uh, it's blood magic, right? It is true magic. Not like these weird, strange disciplines that you seem to use. We have rituals and he pulls up the ribbon and starts to play within his fingers this one is called illuminate the trail of the prey and if i cast it then i will see anywhere that jaeger has been and it will lead me to wherever he is right now Should I cast it? I'll take his place. Oh, no. No, it does not work like that. Jaeger will be in our possession in 24 hours, one way or another. 
And if there are people in the city who have broken more laws than him and caused bigger breaches of the masquerade? We will need someone every decade. Torpor will keep them. So whatever you think you know, understand that not only is the Camarilla here, but the High Council as well. And we are watching. The Infane Podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs.